Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast, live via Zoom. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. Today, we're reviewing an adult cartoon that we both really liked. And I feel like everyone is sleeping on it. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually really good. (laughs) We are talking about the Harley Quinn show. It's just called Harley Quinn. It stars Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and a whole bunch of other really fun characters. I have not heard any buzz about this show. This is, like, honestly probably one of the things I loved the most that I've seen this year. As far as things go from the DC universe, you know, this is actually a pretty good show. And the fact that it's animated too, you know, I feel like sometimes people lower their expectations for things like that. And they assume it's going to be a kid's show, but it is not... Cannot specify this enough. It is not a kid's show. (laughs) No. It is very adult. It is very much for adults only. In case you do not know or you're not familiar with any sort of DC comic lore, Harley Quinn was originally from the Batman animated series by Bruce Timm, and she was introduced as Joker's girlfriend slash lackey. Before she became Harley Quinn, she was Harleen Quinzel, and she was the Joker's psychologist in Arkham Asylum, and then he drove her insane, and she fell in love with him. This is the story that happens after Harley Quinn breaks up with Joker. (laughs) Yes. If you've read the Harley Quinn comics, it's kind of the same thing. And in fact, Harley's outfit is comic book inspired. Yeah, and if you watched... Birds of Prey or um, Suicide Squad. It's the same makeup, but her outfit is different. So it's similar. You'll recognize it. So the show follows the misadventures of Harley Quinn and her best friend slash partner in crime, Poison Ivy, after leaving her boyfriend, the Joker. The show premiered on November 29th, 2019 on DC Universe. And this was DC Comics streaming service. It is now transitioning into strictly being for comics, like an e-reader. And all the original live action programming and animated programming is going on HBO Max because they have a deal with Warner Bros. Every time you say HBO Max, it reminds me of that stupid uh, commercial on Hulu where it's like, HBO Max. And it's like, ah, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) At the very end, the woman's like, it can read, because she holds up like a card that says HBO Max, and it does the sound, and it appears on all the TVs again. And it's just unforgettable. So if you know what I'm talking about, let me know. But if you don't, then just ignore my ramblings. (laughs) On September 18th, 2020, the series was officially renewed for a third season, um, and that is going to premiere exclusively on HBO Max. And we just got HBO Max, so I'm excited. (laughs) I, in fact, uh, wanted to subscribe to HBO Max specifically to watch this show. From what I had seen clips of on YouTube, I was very hype. Yeah, and I think what pushed us over the edge to just go ahead and do HBO Max was the fact that a lot of major movies next year are going to be released the day that they would be released in theaters on HBO Max. So it's basically like buying a movie pass, kind of. (laughs) So Wonder Woman, Dune, a bunch of other high-profile titles will be available the same day on the streaming service, which is pretty cool because I'm not getting Rona from a movie theater. (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, 
me and my boyfriend were talking about this, but he was like, this is the end of the theater industry. And I was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because once everyone is vaccinated, once we are relatively safe to return to a theater environment, people don't want to be in their house anymore. (laughs) And going to the theaters has always been like a fun family outing or a fun date. I don't think theaters are going away. Now, for those of us that are trying to watch our wallets, will we go as often? Probably not, because if those same movies are still available, you know, on your streaming service, why would you go out to see them? However, it's still a thing to do. It's still more special. And not everybody I know has a gigantic TV, like the size of a theater TV. So it's it's kind of nice to see it on a big screen sometimes and be with all your friends and react to it and stuff. I would have preferred to watch Wonder Woman in a theater because that kind of movie needs to be seen on a large screen with really good sound system. But there's a global pandemic and I'm not doing that. (laughs) So yeah, it's just not worth it. So anyways, back to Harley Quinn. (laughs) We are still talking about the DC universe, kind of. (laughs) This podcast has been sponsored by... (laughs) We fucking HBO, call us. (laughs) We're going to get into spoilers. If you don't want to know anything about this, skip to like the last like three minutes of the podcast and you can listen to our ratings. But we're going to get into spoilers. We're going to do a plot summary of season one and then discuss season one. And then we're going to do a plot summary of season two and then discuss season two. Are you ready, Rachel? I'm ready to dramatically read this Wikipedia summary. (laughs) The series follows Harley Quinn's adventures after she breaks up with the Joker upon the realization he does not love her and her attempts to prove herself as a competent villain in order to join the Legion of Doom. This starts with the formation of her own crew consisting of Poison Ivy, Clayface, Dr. Psycho, King Shark, and Cy Borgman. <laughs> Cy Borgman? Oh my god, I just got it too. <laughs> shit. Okay, we're dumb. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a cyborg. <laughs> When she finally achieves this goal, however, she inadvertently distances herself from her newfound friends and continues to face problems from the Joker, who refuses to accept the idea of Harley being a successful supervillain without him. In the season one finale, the Joker manages to take over Gotham City, only to be defeated by Harley and her crew. In a final act of retaliation, he destroys the entire city, resulting in the apparent deaths of both him and Batman. This show will kill characters. Big name villains that you would assume would be around for a while. No. The Penguin, killed by Harley. Mr. Freeze, killed by Harley. It's like George R.R. Martin wrote these episodes. Yeah, it's definitely a show where gore and things like that are pretty commonplace. So you just kind of grow to accept it like, yep, they died. Yep, they died. (laughs) That's what happened. Definitely prepare yourself for that. If you don't like that sort of thing, maybe skip it. Season one, I feel like they did an extremely good job of developing exactly who was in Harley's crew. Everyone is a distinct character with a backstory. You know exactly who they are. There's so many jokes. I can't get over how funny this show is. And it's not afraid to be meta at all. No, not at all. It is really funny. I find myself laughing 
my ass off every single episode. And honestly, that's one of the things that really drew me to this animation is just because it's hilarious. Every single bit of it is hilarious. And it's never, it's never so meta (laughs) that like I wouldn't understand it. You know, like it doesn't exclude you if you're not like an avid DC comic book reader. There's plenty of Easter eggs for the super fans, but also it's just plain funny. You don't need to know like the origin of a character to laugh at their misfortune. One of the big things in season two, a quasi love triangle. And I feel like they set that up so perfectly in season one. Harley and Ivy have a very, she's my best friend! You don't understand! I would die for her! Exactly. Are you guys sure you're friends? Because you guys sound a lot like more than friends. It's very baby gay vibes. (laughs) Oh, and we're introduced to Ivy's boyfriend, Kite Man. Hilarious! He's just a guy with kites. He's so fucking dumb. (laughs) Like... He's just like a really well-meaning guy who is, I guess, a villain, question mark? It's not really clear. Yeah, he's kind of like just a super guy. He has a kite. (laughs) Uh, With a kite on his back. (laughs) Oh my god, there's this one joke where he's like talking to Ivy and he's like, I bet you just think I went to REI and got this kite and strapped it to my back and called myself Kite Man. And she's like, well, isn't that kind of how it happened? And then he never really addresses it, but I laughed so hard at that because the visual, excellent. People know a lot about Poison Ivy. She is an eco-terrorist. She really cares about the planet. She is green. She has pheromones that make people get really horny. Poison Ivy. In addition to her, there's Clayface. Dr. Psycho, King Shark, and Cyborgman. I was unfamiliar with all of these villains, but they're delightful. Clayface is voiced by Alan Tudyk. He looks like a large man made out of mud, and he can shapeshift into different people. So, and he's very into acting, but of course he like totally overacts. <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> very dramatic. Very dramatic. <laughs> Dr. Psycho has telekinesis powers. He can move things with his mind, but he's also a giant dick. And when I say giant dick, he is a short man who is very mean. The episode where Dr. Psycho is introduced, he basically gets canceled for calling Wonder Woman a see you next Tuesday. Yes. (laughs) And everyone's like, why would you say that? And he's like, what? (laughs) What? Yeah. With all these other characters, you know, he becomes more likable just by being around these funny characters. Right. He's really a good person to make fun of. They dunk on him a lot in the first season. (laughs) King Shark is a shark man. He looks like a shark with arms and legs. And uh, I guess his power is the powers of a shark. (laughs) Very sharp teeth. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And Cyborgman is their landlord. He's also in the crew. They live at an abandoned mall. He is an old man in a wheelchair, but he has a bionic arm and a bionic wheelchair and a bionic eye. He's kind of like Inspector Gadget. I can't believe we didn't get Cyborgman. I mean, come on. Oh. I know. We're the worst. <laughs> but they always just called him Cy. So I was like, okay. 
He's an old Jewish grandpa. So Sai is voiced by Jason Alexander, who y'all may know from Seinfeld. Very, very distinct voice. <laughs> it is definitely very old Jewish man. I know. I love it. <laughs> I guess if I could stereotype that. <laughs> so the Legion of Doom is like the main plot line for this, because Harley really wants to get into Legion of Doom. Because the Legion of Doom is funded by Lex Luthor and a bunch of other wealthy people. The Legion of Doom is kind of hilarious. It reminds me of Amazon. (laughs) Yes, it is definitely like a big tech company with all these perks for its employees everywhere. Like, they said they have like a kombucha on tap or something like that. Which I was like, gross. Um, Even though I like kombucha, it's kind of gross. And like, I love this scene where they're at the Legion of Doom and uh, Lex Luthor is walking everybody around, like introducing them to all the spaces. And then they're like, and all the goons go down here. And it's like the scariest office building I've ever seen. It's just like cubicles strewn about and like two chairs. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of how companies like Amazon operate. They treat their like higher up employees nicely, but the lower end employees get shit. <laughs> so don't shop at Amazon. I also really like that they made Lex Luthor black, and he's voiced by the black guy um, who is the big bad in The Boys season two. That dude, that's his voice actor, and I cannot remember his name. <laughs> I really enjoyed this character design of Lex Luthor because I just had to watch the fucking atrocity that was the casting of Lex Luthor in Batman vs. Superman. Jesse Eisenberg was the worst possible person to cast as Lex Luthor. He was so awkward the entire time. His hair was terrible. He looked like a teenager that sells weed. Yeah. And he was supposed to be scary Lex Luthor. It was such a bad casting choice. This Lex Luthor, sexy, mysterious, intelligent, (laughs) wealthy, (laughs) bald. We love it. (laughs) I also really liked Bane's character design. They made him pretty distinctly Latino, which I think people forget because like in The Dark Knight, he's played by a white person. And he talks very weirdly. They kept the weird voice, though, which makes it so funny. That was so great. Like, it was so endearing and also hilarious. I have to admit that Bane is probably in my, like, top four characters (laughs) of this entire show. Like, every time he comes on screen, I'm like, ah, this is gonna be good. And every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, ah, I love you, you sweet, sweet little villain. (laughs) he's the butt of pretty much everyone's jokes at the legion of doom they love to shit on him there's this running gag where they don't give him a big enough chair and he's so massive look as like a very large person (laughs) i feel that to my core that somehow i always end up with like the middle seat or like the the bar stool and I'm just like, my ass is too big for this. <laughs> this is not comfortable or fair. Speaking of character designs, a character design I did not like was Commissioner Gordon. He looked like a creep. Oh my, God. Oh my lord. 
Honestly, the whole character of Commissioner Gordon, while funny, like, the whole time, Fabian was just like, I can't believe they did my man Gordon like that, <laughs> like, the whole time, because they really, really make him very weird and very sad. Gordon basically thinks that he is, like, the lead in a detective noir. Yeah. He also has, like, a very romantic relationship with Batman, <laughs> which is hilarious i mean it's not reciprocated by batman really but it's just funny to see him be like so attached to batman and like yeah he's in love with batman he really is he keeps trying to get in closer with batman too and talk about their personal lives and and batman is like don't put on the bat signal if there's no crime don't do it. And he's like, well, who am I going to talk to about my wife leaving me? He goes through just a steady degradation as the series goes on. Like, he just looks worse and worse and worse. If you're, like, really a fan of Commissioner Gordon, just prepare yourself for that. Okay, let's talk about Batman. I really like this Batman because he is not overly serious, Live action Batman is so fucking serious and he talks like this all the time. Yeah, and I think for me too, he's just not that aggressive. Batman is not aggressive. Again, not to shit on Batfleck, but pretty aggressive Batman. And I just like that this Batman is just kind of like too cool for school, always the level head in the room. It shows his intelligence really well because like when Harley needs his help... At first, he's like, whoa, you're a villain. But then he, like, thinks about the situation. I know, shocking. And, like, decides to help her a few times because she is doing the right thing. And I just feel like that show of calm-headedness and intelligence is really important in a Batman character for me. And that's why I liked this Batman so much. This Batman's also a dad because Damien, his son, is the Robin I feel like so many interpretations of Batman have him being this solitary, serious, aggressive person. But to me, Batman is more of a detective. He's in the shadows. He's calm, cool, collected. And also Batman really likes children. He knows what it's like to grow up as an orphan. And he basically adopts all the Robins, except Damien, because Damien's actually his son. But they become his sons. And he pretty much adopts Batgirl, too. So, in season two, Gotham has become isolated from the rest of the United States, allowing the newly formed Injustice League to take over Gotham's ruins. As they refuse to let Harley join them, she works with her crew to take them down one by one in order to claim Gotham for herself, in the process unwittingly inspiring Barbara Gordon to become Batgirl. Meanwhile, both the Joker and Batman are revealed to have survived. The former is now sane with no memory of his older self. Side note, he looks fucking insane without the Joker makeup. I was like, ugh. Yeah. (laughs) Batman is so injured, he cannot fight. So he has been sidelined. He names Batgirl his temporary replacement as Gotham's defender until he recovers. Following the Injustice League's defeat, Commissioner Gordon restores Gotham, while Harley begins to develop feelings for Ivy. Concurrently, Dr. Psycho leaves the crew and attempts to conquer the world on his own, taking control of a parademon army from Darkseid. To stop him, Harley joins force with the Justice League, Gordon, and the Joker, reluctantly, 
to restore Gotham to peace. While the Justice League defeats the Parademons, Harley and Ivy overpower Psycho, but he retaliates by showing a memory of them sleeping together right before Ivy's wedding to Kite Man. So much drama! Though Ivy and Kite Man attempt to continue on, Gordon, annoyed that he didn't receive any recognition for his role in saving Gotham, attempts to bust their wedding. During this chaos, Kite Man realizes that Ivy does not love him and he breaks up with her. While escaping from Gordon together, Ivy finally admits her feelings for Harley. And just to preface that, the last half of what Emily read happens in the last three episodes. Yeah, it's the a lot. second season. So, so much happens in the second season. Yeah. Like, Gotham basically becomes Arkham City. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like no rules, crime infestation. It's crazy. And at first, the crew is like, yes, let's embrace this anarchy. Harley Quinn's like, I'm Harley Quinn. I'm crazy. Woo! And then, um, Harley and Ivy quickly realize that uh, this is horrible and we need to restore Gotham because there's no electricity or drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Which is the reality, folks. Like, all you anarchists out there. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. Anarchy doesn't come with utilities? (laughs) All you anarchists better become homesteaders first. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed Harley taking down the Injustice League. The fight between her and Penguin, it's gnarly. I'm not going to tell you exactly what happened, but I literally was like, oh my god! Yeah, I, I was also. <laughs> this show is super funny, but this show can also be pretty gross. I One of the best episodes was the reveal of Batgirl. Yes. And he's living in her dorm room, which is disgusting. Because his wife has left him. (laughs) Because his wife has left him. Oh my god, that was a funny scene too, where he's like, we can do it, we can recover, we're gonna set up the police station here in their apartment home, and like, do all this stuff and you'll help me, and then his wife had her back turned to him the entire time, just goes, clap, clap, I want a divorce. (laughs) Like, savage. That was one of my favorite episodes, was the reveal of Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. This is my favorite Batgirl of all time. She is exactly what I would imagine a teenage girl being a superhero would be like. She's like Instagram living her taking down bad guys. And she's like, oh my god, guys, look, it's Batman. And Batman is like, uh, I don't want to be on camera. And she's just like, selfie. (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was interesting, too, that they managed to loop dark side into this show as well there's so many characters in this yeah because dark side's a pretty heavy hitting villain to introduce and it also introduces like space and everything that comes along with that i mean they had superman too but like superman doesn't live in space so (laughs) yeah so i thought that was interesting and especially with the inclusion of like parademons and stuff because that directly links to like the Justice League movie. And I'm linking all this stuff together because my boyfriend is making me watch all the DC Universe movies. <laughs> That's torture. <laughs> because, yeah, because I never watched them and I was like, oh, they're bad. I don't want to watch them. And he's like, just watch them. And I'm like, okay. So yeah, I watched Batman v Superman last night and it was not fun for me. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of Superman, 
at one point they're fighting the parademons and Wonder Woman is like, Kal-El, what are they saying? And he's like, oh, because I'm an alien, I can speak parademon? That's racist. <laughs> and, th- and then he's like, I kind of can, but still. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great joke. My favorite episode, though has to be the bachelorette party episode. This is Ivy's bachelorette party, but right before it, Harley and Ivy had kissed in a moment of like intensity because they had just escaped death. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so happy we're alive. And then they kissed and Ivy was like, oh my God, what the fuck? I'm getting married to Kite Man. We can't do this. And Harley was like, yeah, it's no big deal. I kiss people all the time. And secretly she's freaking the fuck out. So this drags on into the bachelorette party, which they have on um, Themyscira, and they um, notice that the owner of the resort is controlling the head bitch of Themyscira, who I think her name starts with an H, but I can't remember more than that. So they basically spend a whole day of like enjoying the festivities because they're having a bachelorette party, and then the next day they spend preventing this from occurring anymore on the island. But in the thick of all of that, Harley and Ivy have sex (laughs) multiple times. This is what Dr. Psycho projects because it's in Ivy's memory. Right. So basically after the second time it happens, Harley and Ivy are very confused and Ivy is just like, it didn't happen. I'm just going to ignore it. And Harley is trying to deal with it. And also tell Ivy how she feels, but she can't because they're getting married. So at the last moment, when Kite Man and Ivy are actually getting married, (laughs) Harley uncovers a plot that Commissioner Gordon's going to arrest everybody at this venue. Because, of course, Ivy invited all of her villain friends to this event. And Harley has to basically tuck all her feelings inside and, like, devote herself to giving Ivy the perfect wedding. But that kind of backfires and... Kite Man sees that clearly Ivy is just not the right person for him. And it's very sad, but he goes away and says, like, I deserve better. And then basically all hell breaks loose during the entire time this is happening because Commissioner Gordon is literally trying to arrest everyone in the venue. And Harley and Ivy escape and they end up admitting their feelings for each other. They say, I love you back and forth to each other. So while... Commissioner Gordon is trying to do this. There's like parademons trying to kill everyone. Yeah. There's like two things happening at once. It's absolute madness. Yeah, and that's all the last episode. I know. <laughs> so. It is action packed. It is a very action packed, character filled two seasons with a lot of development and fun times and jokes. What would you rate Harley Quinn one to five in terms of just the plot? Oh, I would give it a five. I think it is very well thought out. There are a lot of plot elements. I didn't really catch too many plot holes in this show, which is rare because I feel like animated shows are taken less seriously and some things slip through the cracks, but I thought it was very entertaining the whole time. I'm going to give it a five too. There were plot threads and stories threaded throughout the first and second season. There was good foreshadowing without giving away too much. I really enjoyed the plot. Sure, there was a lot going on, but I was never confused. On a scale from one to five, how would you rate the voice acting on this? 
I thought everybody did a really good job with the voice acting of this, so I would have to give this also a five. Yeah, I would give it a five too. I was pretty surprised when I learned that Haley Cuoco voices Harley because I had never heard her do any voice acting. Yeah. You may know her as Penny from The Big Bang Theory. And I was like, I don't know, Harley Quinn, you know, she has a certain kind of accent, a certain kind of tone. Will Haley be able to do that? She nails it. I was impressed. Yeah, I would say she doesn't have as thick of an accent as you may be used to hearing from Harley Quinn, but the cadence and volume of her voice is very similar. And the final thing, on a scale from one to five, how would you rate everything else? So the music, the animation style, pretty much anything else on the show. I would also rate that a five. I think the character designs were really thoughtful, and I liked all of them. The sets and everything I thought were well-designed. I didn't notice anything weird. And as far as music, I didn't notice that much music, but I wasn't bothered by it, so I can't take off points for it. (laughs) I'm also going to give this a five. I know we like to hate things here at Soulmates Podcast, (laughs) but we really loved this. The music for the opening and ending I really liked. Sometimes, like, a somber music would play at the end if something sad happened, but most of the time it was this upbeat, almost ska-sounding music, and I was like, I really dig this. It's very Harley. I really liked pretty much everyone's character design. Everyone looked so unique. And I also thought that the sets were good as well, especially their hideout in the mall. I was like, that looks very lived-in, like... In my mind, I could see mall. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you were a mall goth, like I was back in 2005, it set me right back there. <laughs> in conclusion, we fucking loved this show. If you have HBO Max, you should definitely check it out. And if you're considering getting HBO Max, I suggest looking up some clips of the show on YouTube, and you can decide for yourself if you want to try to watch it or not. But I think you'll like it. Let's wrap this up with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I'm going to recommend Crazy by 4Minute. My recommendation for this week is Psycho by Red Velvet. Did you get the theme? Yes. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Check out some of our videos on YouTube, also at Soulmates Podcast. This program is available pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Wherever you're listening right now, make sure you like and subscribe so you can listen to us every single Friday. Next week, we will be back with a mini-sode on a fun little topic. A fun little jingly-tingly topic. (laughs) We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.